Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This is a slightly different episode. It is a discussion from a live that Dan invited us on, us being myself and Amelia, on body image. And it was a really interesting discussion. So I've exported the audio from Instagram Live. So it's not perfect, but I think it's still pretty good. And hopefully people will get a lot from listening to it. Hopefully it will help you start thinking about how you talk to yourself and the impact that that can have on both you and others around you. I also hope that it motivates you to start giving and thus receiving better compliments, more compliments about how people make you feel, about what they do, about what they are uniquely good at and less compliments just about how they look. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Please do let me know if you do. Please do give us all the tag on Instagram if you... And massive thank you to Dan for facilitating this. Thank you both for giving up your time. Because I thought this was... Because we've all had separate conversations about this one. But I thought it'd be quite nice to start broadly. And look, there's quite a few people tuning in. They're not all out in the sunshine today. Um, so like the influence of body image and what, I guess, fitspiration, is that the word? The impact that has on, on others and possibly us as fitness professionals. What do you guys think? Do you know what? Weirdly, and this wasn't actually related to this live, I was looking for something for, I'm writing the EIQ lecture on body image at the moment. And so I was looking up some stuff for that. And I was looking, I saw a fitspiration, an actual research paper talking about fitspiration and the impact it has on body image. And it's not... Is this, is this the review? Because I think I was looking at the same probably. one. Probably. Fitspiration on social media, uh, body image and other psychopathological risks in young adults, that one. Probably. And then it, the outcome was basically from the analysis that fitspiration is really detrimental to body, to body image. Which... I don't take that as, as we know, right, that's not what science means. We don't just take it and say that fitspiration is the worst thing for people's body image. But mm. it was it was interesting to see. And I think, I think in the paper they were talking about how much it fuels comparison. And I think that's what where we need to kind of tackle it as coaches, where we sit in fueling that comparison. Because we know from um, like social comparison theory, we know that upwards social compar- comparison is demoralizing for the majority of people it's motivating for some but the majority it's demoralizing for so i think sometimes in fitness we can think that we're inspiring people by showing pictures of ourselves but actually we're not doing what we think we're doing it comes from a pure place doesn't it i think i think like it's unintended if it does have a negative impact maybe maybe not everyone some people at least no, no, no. I'm just thinking of this in like different contexts because I think sometimes when you're in something, like we're obviously in fitness, it's very easy for us to like draw those conclusions and we're like, yeah, we see that and we're sort of seeing it through a certain lens. So I always like to like view it in a different context. I'm just thinking like, for example, in a business context, if seeing someone else is doing really well, like you're saying, up with social comparison makes you feel shit that says more about you than it does about them i think and i think to an extent the same can be said for fitspiration in a way like if someone who's in an incredible shape makes you feel bad about yourself that's probably more to do with your fixed mindset around what you can and can't change about yourself 
as opposed to I don't know like I don't think that people should like essentially dull their sparkle because they're worried about offending someone else like I'm not going to be like oh I shouldn't tell anyone about all the good things that are happening in my life in case someone else feels bad about their yeah. life there's there's gloating about things which obviously you wouldn't want to do but equally I can see this in like another light of I mean maybe we can't um cotton wool everyone to that extent that oh do you know what this is the other thing so Dan and I spoke about something last night or like you messaged me something that was kind of similar to this last night about what was the quote again I can't it's on my phone I can't remember I'm going to paraphrase it but it was along the lines and it came from a study I can't remember what study it was but it, it, it was... I've got it, I've got it. The one is suggest. Oh, you've got it, I'll let you Yeah, read. so it says, studies suggest that fitness trainers who focus far too much on... Well, I mean, this is even leading in itself, but far too much on their own body fat and muscularity also tend to have negative impact on their client's body image. Now, when I read that, I thought, like, yeah, probably absolutely spot on. But I also question whether people with poor body image choose their personal trainers based on the fact that they show their body all the time. And sure. that's partly where that correlation is coming from. Like if you're, it's, and that's what I mean, like the onus should be on the person as well. Like if you're put off by fitspiration, it's, it's partly to do with how you're reacting to things. Like there will always be magazines to look at. There will always be, if you want to fill your social media feed with people's bodies and then feel shit about yourself because you compare yourself to them, Sorry, but that's on you. Like, you need to... Uh, see, that. I agree. But what you've got a very fine line here between bad mental health, poor mental illness, and someone not making money on their business. So I agree to a certain level, but you can't say, well, your mental health is your responsibility. It is to some degree, but it's an illness. And you wouldn't say that about someone with a physical illness. So I think you have to be really, really careful. Poor body image is associated with things like depression, anxiety. And it's like, where do you draw the line to say... I'm making this, I know that this makes people like at a greater risk of depression, anxiety, disordered eating and all of this stuff. I know that, but do you know what? It's their responsibility. I don't, I don't. No, 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 that. but I do think that isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like from the person who's struggling with their body image, don't fill your social media with these things. Like that's totally the change agree. you can make because my point isn't that it's okay for personal trainers to do that. My point is people will always do that. And if we're looking for solutions for people here, that's the solution you can make. Like you can unfollow people that are doing that. You can choose your personal trainer based on how empathetic they are, the information they put out, if they care about their clients, rather than, oh, look, they've got a six pack. I'll go and work with them. Like, yeah, but that's also, where the problem lies because there will always be those people. I agree, but there's also a solution we're talking about from a coach's point of view. And it's like, what can we do as coaches? What's the solution as coaches? As well as, I totally agree with that, 100%. And we've spoken about this before a lot of times. Like you, it's your responsibility to curate your feed and if something makes you feel shit, that's on you to sort that out. Totally agree. But we are also ethical, moral coaches. And we understand a lot more than what our clients do about body image and about mental health. So I think we have an equal, if not more, responsibility to say, well, what am I putting out? And this is not about saying don't put out bodies, but it's about saying, I recognise that by doing this, this might trigger people and that's okay like none of us put out tons of physique pictures so i'm not saying you shouldn't be doing that at all but i don't think we can say well it's all personal responsibility when it comes to mental illness i think i've seen it referred to as social media literacy just like people mm -hmm. are more informed about what they expose themselves to but as conscientious coaches and i think that that'd be a really interesting like, avenue to explore as well because i think sometimes coaches have a little bit of reservation about how much of that they should be sharing or what other elements are. And I'm, like, I'm talking about 
out of echo chamber maybe, but along with bodies, there is also, and this person is more productive at work, this person has been able to run around with their kids for the first time, this person came from this place where they could barely move and now they're able to like deadlift 200 kilos. So I think there's, there are levels of it, obviously, and there are ways to communicate that. So you were talking about mental illness as well, uh, Amelia. And like, um, we, we probably we won't venture onto the scope of that today, but like BDD, for example, there are mm-hmm. comorbidities with things like OCD, for example, and there's, that's quite different from the debilitating effects of someone with BDD, where if they've got, you know, they're compelled to wear a scarf around their neck when they're conscious about something like a birthmark or something like that to someone that is frequently checking their body all throughout the day and they can catch those thoughts about their bodies but then put them to rest whereas someone at the extreme end might not not be able to stop thinking about their bodies because mm. there are levels right as well yeah for sure like... i think it's hard. none of us are mental health professionals yet so none of us can really talk about i think to that level but i, I just think we we're smart enough to know that mental health is a lot of the time it's it's not a choice and I just think it's it's really easy to say and we all do this right we talk about how you can cultivate a more positive approach to your social media to your training to everything especially like you know we all do that so it's not about saying taking away autonomy with that but it's about recognizing that it's about recognizing that a lot of it's not choice and we and, and I think that we have to take I do I think we have to take more responsibility sometimes with it yeah I think that there's a fine line there isn't there there's there's being on the of the understanding that everything you put out is not going to resonate with everyone and that it might trigger some individuals and then there's the extreme end of that is just not giving a shit which I'm not suggesting anyone is saying you know but I know there are some coaches which are just like that's them that's their problem that's their issue um which Mm -hmm. again I know no one here does that so I guess where would but from you due to your perspective newbie coaches coming into this that are conscientious coaches that don't want to just promote the epitomized extremes of six packs the maybe unhealthy aspects of it where would you and their marketing because obviously the people have got businesses to build people do have to think about that um you know there's ethical considerations there where do you think like the messaging starts with people what do you think are important things to get across it, it is hard and we talk about this a lot on EIQ because we tend to attract people like incredible coaches who all really care about this and are all like what we talk about quite a lot is like transformation photos and things and, and it's really hard on a visual platform to get across like what you're talking about this is the first time I've played with my kids this is like my relationship with food has improved so much I have so much more freedom I feel better my energy levels are better like all the things that actually matter but most people are drawn by this like comparison between like a before and after photo. So we kind of like to, and like I still use before and after photos for some marketing and I don't feel bad about it. And I think the the reason I don't is kind of because I know that it's going to attract people. and I know that it's going to attract people that I can change their mindset. And part of marketing is a little bit of like give people or attract people where they are and then show them what you can do and how much that isn't even important. Like how much the non-scale victories are going to be so much more important to them, but you're still sort of like leading them in with that. However, that we have some people and like, you know, Amelia doesn't who feel a bit like, like icky about doing that. And it kind of shows that it's not in line with your values. And I think this is quite a good check. Like if you're putting something out on social media and I've done this a couple of times, like, 
sometimes I'll have like a quote or something and I'm like, oh, purple photo of me with that. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, no, like it just, it just doesn't really fit. Like it's not, it's not right. Like even mm. though like technically from a marketing standpoint, it's like, oh yeah, that's good. Cause it's, you know, it's personal. It's a photo of yourself or you're in great shape or something like that. Like maybe it would get more clients, but it doesn't fit with like my values or like the way the messaging should come across. So it, it won't have a photo anymore. It would just have text or something. Anyway, like if you're feeling like that with transformation photos and things, it's probably because like what you're putting out isn't quite in line with the messaging you want or the values yeah. that you have. Mm. And in a way, it's a shit. Like I can see how sometimes like things like that can hold people back. So I'm like, I see some incredible coaches who are held back a little bit in their marketing with so many people that they could help, but they're so worried about saying the wrong thing or coming across in slightly the wrong way that they don't market themselves quite right. It's a very fine line, is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, like, just, just as a statement, sorry to interrupt you, like, the, like, conscientious coaches aren't a bad thing, I think, when like the majority perhaps aren't. I know it maybe holds them back initially, but the, the fact that people are thinking about these things and the message that they are sending and whether that's a fair representation of themselves and how they work as a business and the service they offer, I think that's a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, that post that you were talking about when you put something in, you thought, I'm going to put a picture. Yesterday, I was, I put a post about body image and I had a different picture and I thought, and I looked at it and I thought, that, that's too much of my body there and that gives me the ick because it's about body image and it's body image is not about the way your body looks. So then I just put one up where I look like a child because I thought, at least I'm not, it won't get as much interaction, but at least it's, I'm fully clothed. So it's less about that. And I think these are just the kind of, like you said you kind of just have to think if this triggers me in some way if I feel a little bit like oh then there's probably something there that I don't want to post and there's probably a reason for that and like Emma said we speak about this all the time so I understand why she does transformation pictures and I understand the positive outcome of her doing those and then for me I just I don't like to because I take a more I suppose a more holistic approach I guess and I don't like to equate anything with body, any, like a body anymore. So tons of my clients will not lose weight or they might even gain weight, but their body image improves and their health improves and all of that stuff. Mm. And so I don't like, to, I, I kind of don't want to falsely represent what we do. I think that that, I think glorifying fat loss for me doesn't represent what I do, what I value and what my business values are and what my clients come to me with, with their goals. I just don't think that's representative, but... I wouldn't look at Emma's transformation and pictures and think, what is she doing? Because I see the story behind it and I understand the concept. But I, but I do think that we have to be mindful of that again as coaches if we're not putting the background to it and actually we our whole page is just transformation pictures. I, don't, I think that is quite problematic because it doesn't say... It doesn't say anything about, as we know, right? It doesn't say anything about health, relationships, food, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, unless you're competing, where you're going into it, knowing you're going to completely mess up your relationship with food, probably. Um, unless it's a, a prep coach, then I don't think that that's okay. It, I think you should have, this is what health looks like for this person, and this is what it looked like for this person, and this mix of things, rather than just all that matters for us as fat loss, because that's not the people that, that these coaches attract. They attract lifestyle clients. And lifestyle clients go into that thinking that they're going to get this, but also the other benefits of a lifestyle coach. And that's not what they get. So I don't like that, but I, I, I'm i not against them in the sense of like how Emma uses them. It's, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think like, not, not 
certainly not just focusing on legal services because I do exactly the same, is I think providing you're giving insight into the client journey along with that. And as you said, it's not every single image and it's not every single image of you. And because we know like, comparison is an integral part of that as well. And that's what I wanted to ask you both about next actually is like, where does that, the inspiration trickle into the intimidation and that becomes too much, especially as fitness professionals in the message that we send. Hmm. Good question. What, as in like our own journeys and stories? Possibly, but I think like, uh, I talk about my own personal experience. I think there's like possibly times in your life and I can reflect on clients that have said, oh, I follow so-and-so, find them hugely inspiring. And then if they've been with me a length of time, they've been like, I just find that a bit much. It's like I can't resonate with that person at different stages of their life. And it, it trickles into the intimidation because they are so, so far removed from their reality. Mm. Mm. I, think that, I think that's more to do with someone's ego than anything to do with their body. In the sense of, I think if someone becomes so detached, it's because they've got so lost in themselves and their own, it might be their own physique but it might be, you know, just in their own head and their own ego that they become detached. I don't think that's necessarily to do with their own, like their bodies or their the physical side of things. I, I don't know. As a body I, think, I, I think there can be an element to that. Like, if you're an absolutely shredded bodybuilder and you're like, guys, like all your clients, you're trying to attract like busy working mums or something. You're like, <laughs> your, your image doesn't align with, your clientele and like that can be a bit of a problem and like you probably i think to an extent like practicing what you preach as a trainer and like probably being to like a little bit of a role model to your clients really is quite important i think it's important in my business and it's something that like i strive to do and it motivates me to stay on track as well um so i i do think that's important but i can see where it could go too far or especially it's kind of to do with your client base as well like are you so far removed from them are your goals so different from them and maybe that is a problem but then the other point is 90 percent of your social media well in my opinion shouldn't really be about you anyway like mm. maybe not 90 percent, but at least like 80 percent shouldn't and you're like the 20 percent. the reason i put personal stuff on social media is to try and resonate with people to try and be a little bit vulnerable to try and open up so people feel like they know me so that they can share with me so that I can help them, right? That That's why you're sharing stuff on social media, really. And then the rest of that should be useful information for people, as opposed to just like, yeah, like Amelia's saying, like ego stuff. It's just like, oh, here's another picture of my body, or here's like what I'm doing, even though it's not really helpful or relevant to anyone else. Mm. And, and hypothetically, I guess, with the pre body preoccupation, if hypothetically someone's page is all about them and they've been perhaps aesthetic focus and have shifted more into what are you smirking at hey nothing nothing go ahead <laughs> okay the radical self-acceptance movement more body positivity and being relatable on that level does the message still come back to body like is it is it yeah. the same is it the same ego to you to use your word Amelia, uh, but a different audience um yeah I don't know if I would call it ego in that sense, but it's still body preoccupation and it's with a different intention, but it still puts emphasis on body. And that's why I speak about this quite a bit, but probably not as much as I want to for various reasons. But I find that these um, Insta versus reality things, or this is what my body looks like. This is how fitness people fake their body shape. No, no, that's genuinely my body shape and that's how I like to stand and that's okay. And I don't need to justify that. And I think um, 
yeah, if someone's not preoccupied with their body, then their whole Instagram page is not going to be their body. That's in my personal opinion. I think that's kind of common sense, though. Um, what, do I think that that's negative? On the whole, I, I do. And I know that it benefits a lot of people to see real bodies, but it still emphasises the body. And I think, you know, I, I, this is kind of, I relate it to, we don't put posts up and say, this is what it looks like to have a leg. This is what it looks like to have a nose. And I'm not normalising because not everyone has a leg, right? But on, on the kind of basis of you don't talk about things unless you want to draw attention to them, right? And even if your caption and your intention is let's move away from focusing so much on our body, but it's a picture of a body and it's zoomed in and it's half naked, I just don't, I personally don't think that that's the right way to go but I understand the intention behind it but I think it encourages body preoccupation it encourages oh that person's got a role there do I have a role there and then you're still consistently checking or that person's got that much cellulite does mine look like that I've done that when I saw a cellulite picture and then I was in the a kitchen and making something and I had a thong on and then I've got a giant mirror in my kitchen and, yeah I just, I just do that and I thought does my cellulite look like that and I thought my body image is fine and I thought oh like that's increased my body check and just in seeing that and if you've even got slight body preoccupation and you see things like that I think it triggers it off even more in my yeah. opinion uh, not saying that that's the right could, thing can I just say to bring that up as well that's not like identifying any particular people or just oh, no. as a whole and I, I'm more bring these things up because I think like, they're, they're hugely interesting to talk about and there's like loads of nuance in there but more, I guess, from a place of like non-judgment and curiosity, so people be a little bit more curious about their own thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. about their own body, but also to like view that because, for example, if that was a friend of mine and I, I noticed a certain behaviour because I, re- I recognise it can be problematic for some people, I would maybe see check in with that person, like see how they are that day, what makes them feel like they need to write about their self-worth and their, and post picture of their body at the same time because. The two in my mind don't don't align, and I think as a fitness professional, that's confusing for me. So, from a consumer's point of view, that must be super confusing. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think there's different layers to this, and I can see why it's useful to some people. I can see why these posts get a lot of love in some respects. Like if you are someone who has been, I don't know, working their whole life for months and months to look like X person. And then, or like, say you're like, oh, I really want to look like Amelia. And then Amelia, like, you see her sitting down. She's like, oh my God, she still has skin. Like, she has rolls when she sits down because she's a human. Like, and what you've been doing is you never see that side of yourself or, or you see that side of yourself, but you don't see this model side of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, actually, you know, I do look like that person, but it's just that I've not seen a quick, or like a, a picture of them sitting down, for example. I mean, I was going to say bad photo there. Oh, Oh, but I didn't. Now I've drawn attention. <laughs> but anyway, like I can see that, but it's like that's like the lower layer. Like what's much more important than that is just the fact that as Amelia is saying, you're still focusing on body, and like what Dan just said, like your self worth shouldn't be related to that. Like the the problem with body image is that we're fixated on body as being part of who we are, or like as, as a really important part of who we are, and how we look is such an important part of what we of of who we are and that's what needs to change like that's the way you're going to improve your body image is by realizing there are so many more important things Mm. and that actually how you look is pretty irrelevant but I, I can see why like pointing out 
what people deem flaws or like normal things about your body is just like increasing things like body checking or increasing that preoccupation with your body or seeing if you've got cellulite and like even pointing out the fact that there's a photo of yourself and you need to point out that there's cellulite in it it's almost like like a lot of these things i see as that typically i'm not picking on competitors but typically it's like a bikini girl who's like oh my god looking so fluffy at the moment and it's like <laughs> no you're not but whatever and the reason that they put it up is because they have really shit body image and they need 50 people underneath to be like babe you look great you look so good blah 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 and that's like worrying for that person but when you've got a platform like social media it's also quite concerning for everyone else who's like oh my god if she thinks she looks out of shape in mm-hmm. that then what do people think of me? And it's like that kind of reflection of that that's so, so unhelpful. And I think people do it from a place of their own poor body image, but it impacts everyone else's body image as well. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of those people are coaches as well. And so again, it comes down to their, like that is their responsibility to develop that self-awareness to say, I'm doing this for my own ego or my own self-esteem or my own body image. And it's not, it's not helpful to anyone other than myself. But even then, I actually read something, a study recently, I wrote it down because it's in the EIQ, it's going to be in the EIQ lecture. There was one specific study that found that the frequency of appearance-based compliments women received, such as you're pretty, you have a nice body, you have pretty eyes, was associated with higher dysfunctional appearance investment, so greater body surveillance and greater body dissatisfaction. So the more positive compliments they received was associated with body dissatisfaction. And you can probably look at that in the sense of if you put so much emphasis on the good stuff, you also put emphasis on the bad stuff as well. So you've got an increased body preoccupation, but you've also got an increased kind of preoccupation with what other people think. And the one of the there's a, there was a paper recently that came out on body image and it was saying what positive body image is and what negative body image is because it's not a scale. It's like they're two separate things and what they were saying about body positive a positive body image was one thing that body a positive body image is not is aligning your body to cultural ideals and feeling comfortable with that and i thought that was really interesting because i thought that is what a lot of the time in fitness we are striving to do is to reach a body ideal that's culturally normal and we think that that's going to change our body image and that's that's not and you see this with coaches who advertise or they they feel much better in their body and we have to be really careful they might do but that's not the same thing as what we would class as a positive body image maybe yeah i think that point you made about like people who get more compliments on their looks actually have worse body image or often have worse body image is so spot on and yeah i think part of it is like i i have a friend who's got really bad body image absolutely beautiful and normally when she shows up somewhere everyone will talk about how beautiful she is but then as soon as no one mentions that it's like am i not do i not look 10 out of 10 today or whatever like i think when you're so used to getting that positive reinforcement then when you don't get it you assume that you don't look that way or it becomes so important to you that most of the time when people talk about you they're going to talk about how you look as soon as that happens and that's why you see like models have the worst body image like the people that we put on a pedestal is having the best bodies have the worst body image because so much of their self-worth is placed on how they look and they're putting so much of their self-worth on how they look as well and yeah i think one thing that we can start with there is giving better compliments and i think that's reciprocated as well so if you start complimenting people on their energy what they're really good at like give like really unique compliments as well like you're really good at x that no one else is good at or you're uniquely good at something 
if you start giving those out, you start getting them back as well. And like, you can be that change in that like, if, if normally the compliments you get are about how you look, if you start giving people compliments on how they make you feel or what they do or what they're really good at or a skill that they have or something that is different about them that you don't see in other people, you'll start getting those back. And if you just give people more compliments like that, which are way, way more important, like how much nicer is it to get a compliment about like, oh, Amelia, you're so good at under at like, breaking down information and displaying it in a way that I actually understand and it completely clicks for me. How much better? Sorry. Yeah, I think that's, I think you get naturally. Then like you naturally, look a certain way. I'm going to broadly say most people get to a point in their lives as well, actually, where you're like, well, maybe I'll bring something else to the, the world apart from like, the external shell. And actually I was going to bring it up anyway, but someone just brought up the point there because I think that's imprinted on us from so young and actually, sorry, mum, if you're viewing, um, I've had to tell my mum off recently for telling me how beautiful she is because we don't give her compliments like that in the house. We tell her how clever she is, how important it is that she tried with something, like how kind she is and all those things because I don't want a little girl of five being told she's beautiful all the time because she'll always associate some attachment and some, so much of her self-worth to that. Mm. Obviously, I agree with that statement, but I'm not going to tell her that. I don't tell her she's ugly or anything, but I, I think it's, it's, it's important. And, you know, when I compliment friends, I'd much rather someone says, like, you're a wonderful parent, or I love your intellect, or I love your work ethic. All these other things we can compliment people for, we don't, for whatever reason. Mm. Same as like, when people yeah. lose weight, and you compliment them on, oh, you look great, you look really well. Yeah, and I think you can tie that into your coaching and the way that you mark yourself as well. So we're saying all these things, and it's like, oh, well, are we coaching in that way? And are we marketing ourselves in that way? and our clients in that way so if I market a client say for example I market a client I've got a client on my page say I will talk about their unique journey and it won't be anything about the way that they look and I think again that's my specific type of client but even Emma and I have had this chat before when I work with clients one-to-one even if their goal is fat loss and they lose fat I never will say well done you look great you've lost fat I'll say well done you've lost fat and then that's it because it's not for me to determine if they look great or not that's their goal and they're mm. acting like that so I'll encourage it and I'll support it and I'll say well done when they achieve their goal but I'll never say you look fantastic because you've reached that fat loss goal because that inherently says that that's better and it is for them because it's in line with their values so they'll get congratulations but not an opinion on the way that they look based on their body yeah, yeah. do you know one thing I will say just about the parenting thing is like and, and amazing to my mom I don't know if she like purposely did this or not but even to this day like I don't think she's ever com like complimented me on how I look at, like ever and I see like other you, people you told me this about the magazine covers right you've done in the past and they're like mm. huh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, totally fitness, fitness modeling and she'd just be like yeah, but like, what did did they ask you to say anything or write anything or do anything? I'm like, oh no, just stand there. All right then. Like, she's just it's never been important, and I guess that that like definitely trickles down that how you look is just so unimportant. And if that's like your key role model or one of your key role models who is just like that, it has such a huge influence on you as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, we're so susceptible to being influenced from a young age. Like, even when you look at food choices. And you, you know, you'll hear about parents nagging their children to eat a few more vegetables, but then you'll ask them how often they eat vegetables because largely they, they, they just imprint, we're imprinting ourselves on them. They mirror exactly what we value. So, you know, talking about the body image thing, it's, you know, parents, I think, just my opinion as well, 
never going to tell parents what to do, but being mindful of body checking in front of your kids, like using like fat language, I don't feel fat today, grabbing bits of your body. And I think even when clients are tracking, do, do kids need to see their clients track food or do they need to see them jump on the scales every morning? Not sure that's that, again that's my personal opinion just how I coach yeah I totally agree I think was it from a course that I wrote something about this I'm not sure anyway but it's there's this kind of term of that's called interjected values which are basically values that you take on from other people when you're younger and you put them onto yourself and you don't even recognize that you've done it it's quite a subconscious thing and for example if you've got a kid and their mom they live with their mom and their dad and the mum is always dieting or the dad is always sort of expressing that she needs to lose weight or he's more affectionate with her when she's dieting or anything like that that's modelled, even if it's not said. If a child watches a dad congratulating the mum when she loses weight, say, then they grow up thinking, love looks like shrinking myself or dieting to get a man to love me and that's quite extreme but if you, you can imagine if a child has spent 12 15 years seeing that message portrayed to them and with our generation i think our parents our mums a lot of the time weren't always that generation that were trying to diet and stay small a lot of the time um you can imagine that if you've got that message every single day you can get to the point where you're an adult and you say well, no one's going to love me if I'm in this body. No one, people are only going to love me if I keep trying to make myself smaller. And that's really, really sad. And that's just one small part of it. Um, and so I get, I get a lot of mums who say, I just want to sort this out for my daughter because she's five and I don't want her to pick anything up. And I think that's one of, that's one of my favourite things to see in people when they are ready to make that change for their children because they just pick up. I know that you hear this, right, that they pick up on everything, but... I mean, they really, really do. These values that our parents have are our own until we go through therapy and realise that they're not our own. Yeah. I think, like, the epitome of that as well is that meme where the two kids are standing on the scales and then one of them's like, see? Like, it doesn't make you cry. Mum's always crying on the scales. And it's like, yeah, your kids see everything. And I think well, even if you're not a parent, like, it's very easy to think that you're the way you speak to yourself even like outwardly is like self-deprecating things like oh i look like a pig in this or i look so fat in this like is only impacting you but it impacts everyone around you like you are spreading poor body image by talking negatively about yourself and it may seem like harmless but it's i mean especially if you're doing that in front of kids but they don't have to be your kids they can yeah. be any kids or like and, and it's not really just kids like we're all very impressionable impressionable like more so if you're a role model to a child absolutely that's like the extreme end but even if you're saying that around your friends and stuff like it has a huge impact on other people mm. and as a coach especially like what we were just talking about like oh i look fluffy in this photo like that is like shows really low self-awareness of how you're impacting how your clients see themselves as well so much yeah and you said emma earlier about practicing what you preach about your body shape and things like that but it's the same sort of thing you practice what you preach in terms of what you specialize in and it would be the same for me and same for Dan we have to practice what we preach in terms of what we specialize in and if I put a post out and said you know I'm just trying to, I'm just a bit soft at the moment so I'm just trying to get a bit leaner can you imagine it's just so dangerous it's such dangerous territory to get in and you are exposing yourself to so many people with that type of message you just I think we have to be so mindful of everything that we say and do and I think especially on social media you can kind of forget that sometimes especially if you're on it all the time and you can say something and then think oh I've just said to this many thousand people on my stories 
something that doesn't align with anything else that I say or believe um, and it can be so triggering but yeah it starts with the parents for sure. I think that's an interesting like, avenue to go down as well for, like talking about the susceptibility especially of a young audience because I can confidently without insult say we were all of a generation before social media so you've got teenage kids growing up with their parents and social media giving parents an outlet for insights of their minds that their kids may not have seen anywhere else. So, for example, if you've got a competitor parent and you're growing up as a teenager, you may see things like weighing, weighing, weighing their food on the scales, eating out of Tupperware boxes, and then see their social media content, which I just think has the potential to amplify that. And I, I, do, I do think like social media is an area none of us really know like how extremely bad or good that's going to be in the future to use moralizing terminology because it's been amazing the last year 18 months connecting people but it obviously has its problematic aspects of it and yeah we look at things like mental health and how quickly that's spread up with kids and body dissatisfaction and mm. fueling comparison and everything that way do you guys have um whether it's a formalized process or at least an avenue of question that you ask clients to see whether because everyone's got body image issues to a certain extent, especially when they come to us and they want to improve that maybe, that you see if that's too much of an issue and that you would perhaps look at referring out? Um, generally speaking, I refer out if someone's got an eating disorder, obviously, but if they've got disordered eating habits, they gen in general, because they're so closely associated, my clients generally will have poor body image regardless. And when I originally set them up, they will have to answer questions roughly on what their values are and goals are. And it kind of falls within that. So it's not just goals like fat loss and things. It's things like mm -hmm. improved relationship with food or body, for example. So I kind of can identify it. Um, we have a psychological coach who works with us now. So she's quite versed in that type side of things. Um, although she's, she's not a psychologist, she's still, like she has to do a whole other PhD to become a psychologist, but she can touch on that a little bit deeper than I can. Um, so, she tends to take clients who are really struggling with that. Mm. Um, what do you do, Emma? Do you have anything like that? Um, I normally just have like an open conversation with people. And if I think, I refer a lot of people to Amelia, to be fair. Like if, if I think that they're like struggling with something on the like disordered eating spectrum, I'll refer to Amelia and her team. And if I think that they're struggling with something worse then or more severe, um, then I'll refer them to either Sophie or... Uh, reading normally yeah whoever like whoever can take them honestly normally Sophie but I mean it doesn't really matter just someone who I think is better suited to help them but yeah. I, I don't have like a specific checklist of questions and I don't know if that's particularly useful to be honest like I think more just having an open conversation and a judging yeah. like judgment-free zone and just like figuring out what we think is going to be best for that person like we're, we're having a discussion to figure out who's who's best suited to you yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that's... agree with that. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, because I, I do similar, like explore that through conversation, as in like your body image has been mentioned a few times. So, oh, like how, how often do you think about that? Like just see if any red, red flags pop up. Oh, like if you feel that way, does that affect you socialising? Does that maybe not down the lengths of, but I feel that sometimes people open up like, oh, it affects like, in, in, intimacy between me and my partner sometimes. If those sort of things come up, that's mm. outside of my scope as far as I take it. The way you said like formalised questioning maybe, and a BDD list of specific questions, that is when I refer those out. But, um, yeah, mm. just, yeah. 
Sorry, yeah, I think as well, it's similar on the similar lines to overeating, emotional eating and binge eating. When you start working with someone, they don't quite, nobody really knows what body image is. And you, we can talk about this in, until the cows come home, right? And we can say body image is not related to your body. But people, if you ask someone who's just starting a coaching process and you say, how's your body image? They'll say crap. And it's because they don't like their body fat levels. And it's mm. the same with binge eating. The people will often say, I binge eat. And then when you actually decipher it, it's not binge eating, it's overeating and it's due to restriction, etc. So I think actually just asking from the get-go, what do you think your body image is like, is probably not helpful. Yeah, yeah, that leads someone down a path of thinking that that wasn't there before. I think that's um, almost like the danger. I think it's great to have conversations like this. It's great to ed- from an educational standpoint to open people's eyes to this because this is the nuance I don't think it's always discussed but I think with the overconsumption of new information people can self-diagnose quite quickly so you use binge eating there like that's just a flip and fall off the tongue I binged the box set I binged some ice cream but when you get down to the nitty-gritty it's not often someone's there they're just you know like you can you can experience anxiety and feel angst doesn't mean you've got anxiety disorder you feel a bit sad doesn't mean you've got depression with the wealth of information out there, people just are quick to diagnose now, which has pros and cons. Did you guys want to bring up anything else? I'm going to ask if anyone's got any questions. Um, I mean, if you're interested in this chat, and like Amelia's been writing a really excellent part of the EA Crew course. I would love to hear it and see it. Where can yeah. we go for that? So, you know... Like, You'll have to go to eiqnutrition.com for that. Uh, we will be doing a seminar as well, which is going to be free uh, at the end of the month. Yes. Yes. Don't keep it too much of a secret. Like the end of the month is... is oh, it's like the 3rd of August. It's going to be the 3rd of, of August. At 7 oh, still, still not long. Still like yeah. 10 no, days, it's, it's not long. So the sign-up will be live very shortly. But yeah, excited for that. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you both for your time. You're very welcome. I really enjoyed this chat. I agreed. I feel like it could have gone on longer. Actually, I, I, I apologise because I should have put out the opportunity for people to ask questions before. I think, I think a little bit more. I found you had it. plenty to see. Yeah, I, I, questions would have been too much. Yeah. yeah. I, I think as well, you, you both raised it a couple of times as well. The important thing about body image is that I think lots, lots of people, and for lots of instances, their body image doesn't improve from a case of, in their minds, improving their body. Because actually nothing to do with their body changing. Because, mm. as you said, some of the, the epitomised ideals of health sometimes have the worst body image. And that's a really important and reassuring thing I think people need to hear as well. Yeah. And because you know someone looks a certain way, it doesn't mean they've got a great body image. Yeah. And I think you can really link that, to some degree at least, with disordered eating habits in that... Like Emma said earlier about models, and I'm not generalising, okay, but if you've got a very lean model, she's probably got some disordered eating habits in trying to stay that small. And her body image potentially is going to be quite low because she's got this constant um, reflection of the way that she looks, body checking, etc., comments on her body. But even when you have someone with a poor relationship with food and their body weight is quote-unquote healthy, and they diet to try and improve their body image. If you're at a healthy, lean, relatively lean start point and you diet, you're at a greater risk of developing disordered eating habits because you have to do a little bit more to get leaner. You are more likely to be, to, uh, what's what I'm looking for, to reduce your body image by increasing your risk of disordered eating habits 
whilst you lose fat than you are to improve your body image by the fat loss itself and I think that that message is not communicated often enough because it's easier just to try and diet away yeah well we were talking about this a little bit yesterday in regards to like I'll be healthy or I'll be happy when or blah 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 and it's like it's everything else that that's probably the problem like you were happy when you were at uni or you were happy on your wedding day because your life is freaking great then not because you weighed a certain amount yeah but what's way easier than dealing with everything that's going on in your life and the reasons why actually maybe you aren't that happy is to diet is to be like, well, the one thing that is tangible from that period of time is that I weighed X on the scales. So actually, that's an easy thing for me to focus on, and I can probably achieve that. Great, you're going to feel exactly so, like if anything, potentially you're going to feel worse, but it's not going to solve the other reasons that you're not happy with your life at the moment. Like, but it's so much easier to do that. So I think that's why a lot of people jump on doing that. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, because that, that Fispiration study as well that you mentioned at the start, media, because that was drawing parallels between Fispiration and Finspiration, because there's a lot of similarities there, especially with models, mm. and it's the negative impact that have. But it's, it's a fascinating conversation. Thank you both. I love both your brains, by the way. Like, uh, your, your body's the least interesting thing about you. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Dan. <laughs> you all look like shit, but you have good things to say. But thank you for your brains and your thoughts. Appreciate it. Right. I will share Thanks. this um, so people can catch up if they are in the sunshine. Toodle awesome. Care. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello, me again. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you do have any thoughts, contributions, opinions, please do let me know at ESG Fitness.